ladies and gentlemen. Pay attention. This is your boy, the coach from the WWE. I would like to welcome you to the very first wrestling podcast in the world to take you on a weekly deep dive in the classic matches along with legends of the squared circle. Enjoy the discussion. Enjoy the back and forth. There's so much to get into. Ladies and gentlemen, this is The Payoff. Welcome to an all-new episode of The Payoff. I'm Tom. That's Jeff. We're going back to WCW. I mean, we don't cover a ton of WCW, but at the same time, it's not like it was around for nearly as long. Like, you forget about that. You know, it's like like this era here. I'm like, oh, well, you know, we haven't covered a ton. And I'm like, yeah, but it, like there wasn't a lot to cover. And they were gone by 2000 and 2001, and most of it sucked the last few years. And WCW mm-hmm. didn't historically have the greatest in-ring work or the most memorable matches. So, you know, we I think we've done a good job of covering the ones we should cover, but the catalog is a lot more bare than uh, WWE. Yeah, and so when we do find one of these, like we, we've still got a, a decent amount of WCW matches that like we haven't talked about here on the show. Um, but because, there, like you said, there are some gems here and a lot of it, it might be like an opener with the cruiserweights. Like for others, it might be like something like this where you catch a main event that doesn't have Hulk Hogan in it. Like I think that could be a contributing factor too to a lot of this is so many of these was like, there was like two or a year and a half where Hogan was the main event and that was it so um but spring stampede overall was a pretty good show for wcw and we've got actually a couple more matches eventually that we can cover but um 1997 ddp and savage for now though well i'm pumped to cover it i mean so this is you know this obviously a couple things here first of all ddp kind of credits macho man for uh really elevating his career macho man's macho um, so, you know, 15 minutes, no DQ, these two, I'm all for it. Sign me up, man. You want to jump into it? Yeah, let's do it. All right. It's time for the build. Oh, it's time for the build. So spring stampede, interestingly enough, there was a 94 st- uh, spring stampede. And then there was nothing until, 1997 you know now we're doing these monthly pay-per-views and so um they held the one in april of 94 and now here we are in 97 um we're in tupelo mississippi at the tupelo coliseum eight thousand in attendance and uh this is your main event man so let's just go through the the show uh we open up with mysterio ultimo dragon in 15 minutes mysterio gets the win akira Pokitu would defeat Medusa to retain the WCW Women's Championship in five minutes. Prince IK is going to defeat Lord Steven Regal to keep the TV title in 10 minutes. Public Enemy is going to defeat Steve McMichael and Jeff Jarrett in a 10-minute tag match. Dean Malenko um, is going to fight Chris Benoit to a no contest in the U.S. heavyweight title match. Kevin Nash is going to defeat Rick Steiner to retain the tag team championships. This uh, Both of them were uh, at stake in the singles match. 
Lex Luger is going to become number one contender for the championship uh, by defeating Giant Booker T and Stevie Ray in a four corners match in 18 minutes. Whew. And then mm-hmm. our main event, DDP, Randy Savage, no DQ match, 15 minutes. We got Shivani and Heenan on commentary, uh, Dusty Rhodes and Mike Tanay, Gene Okerlund in the back. So WCW kind of at its peak and eh, kind of a B-show, I guess. I mean, no Hogan, no world title. Uh, but, you know, it looks like a pretty darn good card. So, Jeff, uh, I know this. these two had a pretty – strong build and, and and a lot of intricacies we've covered one of their matches before um but tell me how we get to this uh no dq match yeah this one so they didn't up till this point they hadn't had a ton of interaction with each other but they were they did have a lot of matches together and these guys from everything i've read and i think we've all heard like these guys really enjoyed working together too like they just they put a lot into their matches like they like we all know like as well too or heard like you know the stories of like macho really enjoyed like kind of laying it out and knowing where the match was going to go they want to call it in the ring ddp was very committed to that so that was a large part of this as well too but um so how we got here though i want to we're going to rewind the clock a little bit here so of course this is spring stampede 1996 so we're in April of 1997. We're going to go back to Bash at the Beach, 1996. And of course, we all know Hogan turning, being uh, you know joining the Outsiders as well too, um, and turning on Savage, Sting, and Lex Luger at this point. One of the I say that with that feud, Savage was a big part of like being one of the ones that was going against the NWO at this point. And so um, you had that Halloween Havoc match where Savage uh, finally facing Hogan, uh, losing that one after the Giant interfered, though of course uh, actually did actually leave the company after that for a little bit because of uh just wasn't able to reach a new deal so that would have been october but before you knew it he was actually back in the end of january um you know you kind of playing up that storyline with the contract as well too and so um that you know him and sting actually showing up that they they had been blackballed that they were free agents that um you had uh you know bischoff getting involved at the point where he's saying hey you could return but only as an nwo member um and so you eventually had sting and savage at super brawl seven um for that show where you had actually savage turning on sting and joining the nwo um and then also as well to helping hogan defeat roddy roddy piper that night it was actually when he reunited with elizabeth that night as well too um who she had actually joined the nwo while he was gone and then that is when uh really at this after this super brawl show um which would have been in february this is when you started to see the feud of both ddp well it's a little bit everything Thing. It was actually Elizabeth and Macho Man, and then you had DDP and Kimberly as well, too. Um, and so she was a big part of the story as well, too. So with, switching gears, though, for DDP on this one, though, um, he actually beat the uh, – we got had to go back a little bit here, but beat the Barbarian, uh, sure. Uh, took two diamond cutters to beat the Barbarian uh, to become the number one contender uh, for who at the time was holding the belt, the Giant. He actually never got that title shot. Uh, he refuted with uh, Eddie Guerrero. Uh, he was refuting with Eddie Guerrero when the NWO was formed, actually. And so um, that 
they it was actually Hall and Nash were actually helping DDP in his matches because they had t- paired up and tag teamed with Paige before, and so um, yeah, you know, helping him win the United States Heavyweight Title. Um, didn't appreciate it though, so you started to get the cracks forming as well too, and so you had him um, attacking uh, DDP eventually as well too, so Guerrero could win the belt. So it's just like you know. I, so DDP had been feuding with them up till this point. Um, of course, them, you know, one of the more famous moments, I remember asking them to join and then uh, giving them both diamond cutters in early January, 1997. Um, it was actually, it sold out. Um, and so in becoming a face and working with the NWO at this point. And so, um, like I said, this is when he really started, started his feud with Macho Man. At this point, you had um, them spray painting or spray painting, excuse me, uh, on the uh, Hall and Nash spray painting DDP NWO on his back. Um, you actually had uh, kind of breaking KFAB, KFAB as well at this point too. And whether or not everybody knew it at the time, Macho Man and Elizabeth revealing that DDP was actually married to Kimberly in real life. And so playing, yeah, I know, seriously, like what is with wedding? Like, seriously, you had the wedding in WWE a couple weeks ago. You got this, like just crazy. And so um, she actually ended up getting spray painted as well, too. I had forgotten about that part of this story. And so um, you had that as well. And so um just kind of beating each other up, kind of going at it. And so really the, this was the, spoiler here, this is the start of a long feud between these guys. And this is kind of match number really one in that kind of feud. Um, After Savage was in NWO, you had DDP firmly turning down NWO, being WCW, and you getting this match between these two guys feuding. Love it, man. Yeah, good build. I'm excited for this one. Yep. I, like I mentioned, it's 15 minutes, so I'm I'm just expecting like just a good kind of banger and should yep. be a lot of fun. I'm ready if you are, man. I feel like that's a sweet spot for matches, man. Not that you can't have a 30 minute classic, but man, 15 just feels like a really good good number based on us watching almost 200 of these now. <laughs> I'm with you. Yeah, anything under like 20, 15 to 20 is good stuff. Yep. All right, so. Two hour and 22 minutes of Spring Stampede 97. Two hours, 22 minutes. Jeff, are you ready? That's what I got. Let's do it. All right. It's time for the payoff. Oh, it's time for the payoff. And and you can't really not respect Diamond Dallas Page. He took an opportunity to achieve something. He set a goal years ago. Macho no matter what anybody thought yeah. about, what anybody really cared about, he trained, he worked, he set a goal to be in this position that he's in now. Underdog that he might be, I Ooh. guarantee you, he has became a major player at WCW. And he probably has a. You've heard me say this before, but it just pisses me off that, you know, Vince McMahon. So, look. The, the story is Macho wanted to retire, kind of mm-hmm. wanted to get off the road. But then he kind of wanted to wrestle. So we, we've never really gotten the full story of it, right? Like, you know, Lanny Poffo has said, hey, Macho wanted to wrestle and Vince didn't want him to wrestle. But then Bruce Pritchard has said, look, Macho moved to Connecticut to work in the front office. He didn't want to be on the road anymore. Like, so – we're never going to hear 
what exactly happened and how right. it all unraveled with Macho Man and why he never got in the Hall of Fame. I mean, what, it, it, who the hell knows, right? Well, why he didn't get in the Hall of Fame when he was still alive. But the point is, is that, you know, it, it seemed like Macho still wanted to work a little. And obviously he brought Ooh. up the idea. Yeah, I know. Uh, he brought up the idea of doing a, a feud with Shawn Michaels. It's like just watch Macho Man during this match, and I, I don't know the answer to this, but what I'm assuming is he still, you know, can really go. He still is the Macho Man, and it's just like, man, you start thinking, oh man, Macho Man in '95, '96, you know, WWE, WWF, like mm-hmm. him and Bret Hart, him and Shawn Michaels. Him and Steve Austin, him and The Rock, you know, could you have done a modern day Macho Man and updated it a little bit, you know, in the Attitude Era? I think so. I think he translates to the Attitude Era. I mean, just look at him, you know, and maybe you do a heel. Maybe you bring back the Macho King, um, you know, you give him a valet, whatever you need to do. But man, it's like, I just feel like the, I just, in, in a lot of ways, like, I don't I don't regret Hogan going to WCW when he did. I think it actually pisses me off more that Macho left. Just because mm-hmm. I, I would have loved to have seen him in WWE. And I and I just feel like Hogan did great things in WCW. Not that Savage did bad things, but like there just wasn't a lot memorable. Like that's yeah. one that I mm-hmm. wish never would have happened. I wish Bret Hart would have never gone to WCW either because obviously you know we've covered that um but you know those are just a call I, I just I really just wish we would have gotten more savage in the WWF kind of is that you know Babe Ruth type uh type character yeah so it, which would be over. really good you know, we, we don't get a lot of this anymore I feel like they used to do more of this I don't know if they don't do it from like a safety or liability standpoint kind of all arena brawls um, they were doing it during the uh, pandemic because they, you know, there were no fans in there. But I don't know. I just, I like this. It just, it's just something a little different. They are deep in the crowd at this point. Yeah, yeah like you know, I, I feel like we've seen more of it. Like a lot of them, like trying to tap wrestlers on the back or like kind of, like especially with like, I feel like we've seen more cases of people trying to get in the ring as well too, like crazy fans. And so, um, you do kind of wonder. Like, it's only going to take one fan for something like that to change. And so, um, you got Savage using Kimberly as the shield at this point here. Um, yeah, so they're back around the ring at this point. Yeah, I. I'm with you. Obviously, like AEW does a lot of entrances through the crowds as well, too, especially mocks like that always goes over well. But yeah, I feel like it's just the 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 high the risk of it. I feel like is too high to versus like not do it to do it versus not do it because yeah, it's just it's weird. Yeah. So best best savage matches ever. Oh, here we go. Right here, the Macho Man Randy Savage. High up savage top. up on the top. He just was always a great wrestler, but I mean, he still was fantastic in this era. Yep. That was a, just a double axe handle, the DDP on the outside. Yep. I mean, you're like a, like a modern, like a, like an updated macho man during the attitude era. Like, come on, man. That'd be awesome. Is there any current wrestler like I, I say, like that could do what macho does and that's not the best way to do it, but like kind of this, 
because he was, really wasn't a character either. This is a lot of who he was. But is there anybody that comes to you? And it's okay if not, but anybody that comes to your mind that's like, yeah, they've got some some macho tendencies. They've got some things that like they could, they that, you know, that kind of you could see it a little bit. Is there anybody that comes to your mind? Mox. Hmm. Okay. Uh, I, I I think he's kind of I think he's just a little couple screws loose in real life. Yep, I could see that. Macho man. I mean, I really think like you know, there's just an intensity there. That's that's who I think of. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> like, uh, even though I asked that, now it's because all these guys are on social media and all these girls are on social media, and you know, they just they, they don't protect the business at all. Mm-hmm. Dude, you 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 thought the Undertaker was the Undertaker. Well, and yeah, well, yeah, and he's been in like some of the why he was glad he didn't. I saw the clip not that long ago again where he's like, he's glad he didn't have fans at his last match because he even he knows like it would have been too emotional for him. And if he had started crying, it would have literally destroyed 30 years of what he had built. Like, yeah. Matches ever. Steamboat was number one, which we've covered. Yep. Um, did we cover Ted DiBiase at WrestleMania four? No. Okay, next year let's do that one. Okay. Him and DiBiase also had a cage match um, in June of that year, June of '88. Uh, Interesting. I mean, I, okay. Yeah, I don't. I mean, if we can find it out, that's that's number two ever. We covered the Warrior match. We covered the Flair match. Tito Santana in a no DQ match in 1986. The um, I'm I'm kind of looking through it here. Um, so we've done one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. This is this this is uh, uh, happy double digits to Macho Man for being. Ten this matches. is the tenth match uh, we've done of his. Wow. Uh, some of the other crazy uh, this one I had forgotten about. So there is a uh, uh, this one actually it's an oddball one for sure. We have a TNA match with him, and so how much how, how much uh, cover that though? Yeah, how how many Ra- or, uh, Randy Savage TNA matches have you watched in your life? You know that uh, there only was one. Maybe so, maybe he did two, but this is uh, a, 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 wait till you hear who was in this match. Uh, we'll cover this sooner than later. AJ Styles, Jeff Hardy, and Randy Savage versus Jeff Jarrett, Kevin Nash, and Scott Hall. His final match. Yep. May 12th of 2004. He hadn't wrestled in four years. Crazy. God, you know, it's, it's so interesting. We talk about, and I know I brought this up before, stiff clothesline there, um, how few wrestlers ever have their final match on like a big stage yeah like a great send-off obviously flair ruined his fully ruined you know i mean you go down yeah. the list but you know like true send-off i mean savage's last match was six man in tna his second to last match was in a battle royal in wcw his third to last match is a hardcore match against dennis rodman i mean so you know Hulk Hogan, his last match was on a TNA house show overseas. So, 
yeah, it's it's a shame. But yeah, we let's cover that match soon. I'd love to cover that one. Yeah. This one. So you got this one, Savage kind of, you know, playing the heel, kind of dominating DDP at this one, like um and go, go you know, using the ropes for pins, stuff like that, like just kind of all over the place. Yep. And what was DDP's last match was uh he did an AEW match, right? Uh I don't know. I'll, I'll kind of look it up and see what we got going on here. But he did a tag match. I'll 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 try and find it. I think he did a tag match. He was, yes. Uh this would have been January 2020. Yeah. DDP, Dustin Rhodes, and QT Marshall against MJF, the Blade, and the Butcher. And then he did it. Uh, he was in. Oh, he was in the uh, pre-WrestleMania Battle Royal. How's that? How's that for God? Look at. I'm just looking at some of the names in this Battle Royal. Tatanka, Shaquille O'Neal, Big Cain, yep. Gold Dust, mm-hmm. DDP. Oh my goodness! And then he was in the Royal Rumble in 2015. And I forgot he did those uh, TNA matches too. Mm-hmm. Yep. TNA matches. So yeah, Macho kind of working over DDP hard here. What do you like better? Do you like the savage look with long pants or the the old school short? Uh, short? I like. I'm all about NWO Macho. Like there is something to be said oh. for. Uh, you know the old school macho look but at the same time like i i uh they, they just did a good job but like, he looks good in the nwo gear like the pants and stuff like that he's grabbing the ring bell uh at this point now trying to take it back in so the- eric bischoff brought up something interesting on his podcast a few months ago and i, I want your thought on it the the problem with macho in the nwo is that nothing there's nothing different about his character other than the nwo t-shirt so yeah, that makes sense white yep. looks great but he is. Oh, he let him lay there too long. so the problem was is that he's just the macho man whereas hulk hogan dot does the hair color thing with the goatee and the you know the, the black mustache and he yep. changes his look from red and yellow to black and white and Hogan just looked a lot different. He wore long pants instead, and he acted different. The problem with Savage, he acted the same. So I would have said Macho could have really changed. Oh, oh, boy. That nice. was a great counter yeah, move nice. to a backslide. That's a, that was a great counter move. Oh, that's the experience right here showing. Low blow. Both guys yeah, down. Low blow. Yeah, so, so Savage, it. you know, I mean, again, he obviously was going with what worked, but it would have been nice to see him really change his character for the NWO. Don't know I, I think that man, but you make you make an interesting point there because like I mean how does he change the character though like because like I said like this like he's being himself which you know they always say like your character should be you know degrees to yourself but I, well, like you know if you were in his role like I guess how would you want to change your character after joining the NWO? So Savage okay. that was a stiff kick. Ooh, his head looks. And he's got about a 12 inch neck. He may never walk again. Uh, I'm going to tell you what. 
He's gonna whip the him. The frustration of the NWO is coming oh. out right here in Ooh. this match. Right, I haven't seen that in a long time. He's forgotten about Paige. He's just frustrated. Macho He's is whipping the referee right with the his belt. His Still like whipping like, a referee with his own belt. belt. Yes, Savage looks great, dude. Anyways, any thoughts on how he could have changed the character? Just probably he's wearing the same outfit, man. I, I mean, part of it is just changing, changing the outfit, changing the facial hair. I mean, anything. All right, so he's back up for the. Other. So many matches with this move right here. Ah, look at that elbow drop, man. That is so good. See, there's nobody. No ref. No one to make the three count. Maybe that was a plan Savage yeah, had. But exactly. also, may, that's right. Maybe. Oh, here comes Nick Patrick, the evil NWO referee. No sleeves. That's how you know. That's how you change up your outfit. You cut the sleeves off and it makes you a bad guy. A lifeless DDP. Nash looking on. been a big night for Kevin Nash. Everyone's watching this. It is on. He got it. He hooked him, boys. He hooked him. That's it. That's it. This place has Hit him with the diamond cutter. Out of nowhere. Savage, when you thought he had Diamond Dallas, Diamond Dallas had Savage. And look at Nick Patrick. The pressure's on him right now, Brain. He knows he's not going to get up. Come on, Patrick. Count him. Go ahead. You better count. Come on. One, two, three. He got it. He got it. Is Nick Patrick back or what? You tell me. I can't figure it out. Diamond Dallas Page. Oh, oh, oh it's not over yet. Oh, my. The frustration of the NW. Okay, so DDP wins. Kimberly's checking on him. And Nash has Patrick. Here comes all the NWO. They don't look happy. Bischoff, six. Ted DeVoe, Scott Norton, Fake Sting, Vincent. Man, was this thing watered down or what at this point? Boy, yeah. We're checking on Savage. He's really, really selling Diamond Cutter. Liz on the apron. They're not happy with Nick Patrick. Nope. All right, we'll keep this on as we uh, shift, but let's get into the aftermath. Oh, it's time for the aftermath. What'd you think? It was uh, not quite what I wanted, but it was still not bad. Agreed. Like, and now, especially with this ending now, it's just overbooked to absolute hell. Like, yeah. Oh, Nick Patrick's about to take a jackknife. Oh, look at that! That is a big jackknife. Jack yeah. Nick Patrick, and now six. Yeah. Is this it, or are they gonna? Anybody gonna save him? I mean, this feels like a. I'm trying to think what year this was? Ninety-seven. Yeah, it feels yeah. like a sting out of the rafters thing to finish the show. But let's see. Let's see what happens here. Um. Well, yeah. I, this was. Uh, it was not what I was hoping for. Oh, he's got Kimberly. Gentlemen. 
This doesn't age well either. The, uh, you know, he has stopped him, Tony. I've never agreed with Eric Bischoff in the last six months, but I do now. Well, we're going to do that this so what were the reviews on this match? Yeah, I, so uh, yeah. Oh, what I, I tell you? What I tell you? Did I get it right? Yep, they're all looking. Yep, all looking up. Uh, yeah. So while this was the first match with this, yeah, yeah, Savage pushing Bischoff, Kimberly sneaking out. Nope. Uh, feuding NWO. Anyways, okay. DDP was four. Savage was nineteen. This eventually became by PWI the feud of the year based on this match not so much um but torch on this one is there a book well you're, you're gonna enjoy this one is there a booker for WCW who would put their name on this thing does anybody there have a semblance of what logic means I think not this was a classic WCW pay-per-view and that it was filled with finishes that made little or no sense and work was being wasted by lack of a promotional direction supposedly supposedly there's a tug of war going on behind the scenes between various factions someday a book will be written about all of the squandered talent and how it was blatantly misused and abused by Bischoff and company. They have three times the talent of WWF and get a slightly better Monday night rating. Bischoff has a team of all-stars that win by one run and he thinks he is the manager of the year. This is getting ridiculous. Three and a half stars. Uh, the Observer Newsletter, this was the second best match on this card, but not great. Um, yeah. Uh, even though the pre-match hype list of the Four Corners match is the main event, this was given the main event trappings. Uh, da -da -da -da. Both worked real hard and Savage looking the best he has in a long time and Paige really getting the timing of when to make his moves down impressively. Kimberly was even impressive in her role, practically the way she sold when Savage was about to attack her. Uh, as in the past, she overacted a lot. Uh, after the match, we're seeing what's happening. Uh, da -da -da. The entire audience at this point began looking to the ceiling since they'd spent the show teasing Sting. This left the show on a flat note since they didn't deliver on the tease, so it made no sense to tease it. I wound up with Bischoff trying to stop Savage from hitting Kimberly, so Savage threw down and hit Bischoff as the show went off the air, with Bischoff again being listed in the final credits as Senior Vice President of WCW, something in the storyline he's supposed to have been removed from many weeks ago three and a quarter stars so you got three and a half and three and a quarter what are you feeling here five my payoff scores a five I, I just you know for a for a main event of a thirty dollar pay-per-view a supposed feud of the year two hall of famers there's nothing about that match that I mean you wouldn't say oh you got to go back and see such and such or oh that was a really cool moment or oh man the finish was really very disappointing, and I and I know it's well reviewed. I mean, this is the we we cover these matches, you know, because you know most of them are either super famous or they're very well regarded. This is a well regarded match, was feud of the year, but not a great match. So I'm at a five. What about you? Yeah, I feel like it just it is a perfect encapsulation at the end of the just the overbooking. Like it just. There's so much going. It could have been a good match. It could have stood out on its own, but then you have literally 10 people coming to the ring. Like, why? Like, is there any need for that? Absolutely not. And so, yeah, it just, while it was fine, that's all it was to me was fine. So, yeah, unfortunate, but that's just how it goes. All right. Well, 
This is why we cover the matches, man. This is I'm hoping like we've got some uh, hopefully some good ones coming up here in the future. I don't maybe I just pick some mediocre matches here. We, we've got another WCW match next week. Uh, we've got a hidden gem here. I don't even know if you realize who this is. And so uh, we're, we're doing a ring of honor. And so in a couple weeks here, and it's a 2008 match between uh, a young kid. Uh, his name is uh, Brian Danielson versus another young kid named Tyler Black, who now goes by the name of one Seth Rollins. So um, I haven't seen it. I we're not going to, I don't even know if we're going to be able to find some story for it, but the match is out there on ring of honor. And so, why not? You know, Tyler Black is such a better name than Seth Rollins, yeah. Seth freaking Rollins, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I'd watch Tyler Black. Absolutely. So, all right, let's send him home happy, my friend. I- I'm looking at like our upcoming schedule. I'm really pumped to cover all these. We've got, so we're going doing a little NXT. Uh, I, 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 June, I am super excited about June. We've got uh, some really good stuff that month, getting back into some Shawn Michaels, some kids. So we got some King of the Ring action to follow up uh, uh, the end of the May's King and Queen of the Ring in Saudi Arabia, which should be really good. Good. Well, we appreciate everyone listening. And as always, we will see you next week on an all new episode of The Payoff.